and next week because we're starting a new series today. Somebody say yes. Yeah. Amen. Yes. So if you got your Bibles this morning, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 19. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 19. I'm going to start in the uh, New Living Translation. Um, I challenged uh, a friend of mine, Bishop Wellington Boone, challenged me to, to preach for a whole year out of the New Living Translation. So I'm going to do the best I can out of uh, New Living. I'm used to New King James or NIV, but amen. For those of you that are spiritual, you can read out of the King James Bible. Amen? <laughs> amen. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 19 reads like this. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, everybody say, for she thought. If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Come on, somebody. I, um, can, I, can I be vulnerable with you for just a moment? Is that okay? Well, people, a lot of people don't like vulnerable pastors. They don't like pastors that, you know, oh, that pastor seems weak. I'm not going there no more. But I, I, have, a, I have always struggled with self-doubt. And I often face challenges because I have trouble believing in myself. What is important to understand about that is that when you are bleeding inwardly, that is when you struggle outwardly. Not long ago, um, I went through one of the biggest battles of my life, and what I was dealing with left me broken, left me bleeding. And I tried to self-medicate. Isn't that what we always try to do? Whenever we're, we're, we're trying to fix ourselves, we self-medicate. That's the reason why we get into drugs and alcohol and pornography and sex addiction and whatever other addictions out there that we can get into. We try to self-medicate, self-soothe. And I tried to self-medicate in order to fix the problem. And I tried to self-heal, but everything that I tried wasn't working. Have you ever done that before? You try to fix yourself and it just doesn't work? Sometimes it even feels like the more you try to fix yourself, the worse it gets. And have you ever tried to heal yourself to the point that, I mean, I, I tried every remedy. I tried everything. I even tried Dr. Phil. You know, I tried Oprah. You know, I tried, you know, whatever I could to try and fix what was wrong on the inside of me. And you know, you can always tell when there's something wrong on the inside of you. Just look around the outside of you. Because a lot of times what's happening on the inside of you is reflected around you. You ever notice that? You ever notice that when... Uh, you look around and you say, I never used to be so messy in my life. I don't know what happened. I never used to be so disorganized in my life. I don't know what happened. It's because whatever is happening on the inside of you is spilling out onto the outside of you. And, and, and so I kept declaring that, that I wanted my faith to, to, to do what, uh, what you know, I kept saying I wanted my faith to do what wasn't, what, but I wasn't seeing the results I kept saying, I, I declare I'm free. I declare I'm whole. I declare I'm, I'm not bound. I declare that I'm this. I declare I'm that. And the more that I declare, the more it seemed like things were going the opposite direction of what I was declaring. And when I was done and my battle was over, I was left weak and I was left vulnerable and I felt alone. 
Anybody ever felt alone in your life? You ever felt like you've been weak and vulnerable? Like your position is equal to your condition? Come on, somebody. And I found that, I have found that it is then and only then that you experience God in a supernatural way. Because sometimes God has to strip away everything in your life, everything that you're going through, everything that you depend on, so that He can get you to trust in Him. And when nothing else was working, and, and you're left with nothing in your life, and, and no other solutions, that's the time, not, not to, to try and find another solution, but that's the time to rest in God. The title of my message today, Faith is Now. Or if I were to call it another title, I would call it, If I Can, I Will. If I can, I will. And so in this scripture that we just read about the woman with the issue of blood, you see, there's a problem. Everybody say the problem. Okay, there's a problem. See, the, every solution for faith requires a problem. In order for faith to work and continue to, to work, it requires a problem. And every time that we look around our life, we have problems that require faith in our life. If, if, you, have, if you don't need to, if you can fix it, then you don't need faith. And in order to walk by faith, you have to walk where you cannot see. In order to live by faith, you have to live in a way that you cannot, you have no other resource, no other recourse in your life in order for you to live or to walk by faith. In order to live by faith, you have to live in such a way that challenges you, that stretches you to put your trust in God. I, I, I followed this story. There's, a, there's a, a former Navy SEAL by the name of David Goggins. Um, I don't recommend that if, if you're squeamish to, to uh, a, a lot of foul language, then I wouldn't recommend it. This guy's a former, former Navy SEAL, and, and, but, but he talks about the things that he challenged himself to do, to go beyond his, his own perceptions of himself. He challenged himself to do that. And sometimes what we do is we want to stay comfortable in our surrounding, and that's in this little box right here is where we want to trust God. In this box right here is where I want God to work. If God can't work within my box, then I don't want to put my faith and trust in God. Hey, am I talking only to myself, or am I talking to somebody? in here today. And see, God knew that the problem of sickness required a God that heals. And not only just a God. Sin is a problem that requires a Savior. Debt is a problem that requires you sowing by faith. Every problem that you have in your life is that the solution is through faith in God. And I wonder if there's anybody in here today that has had a problem, that has a problem that needs fixing. And if not, then maybe you came to the wrong church. Because in this church, God fixes problems. In this church, God has a solution. In this church, God works in ways that you cannot see, but you know you've got to put your faith and trust in God. And the Bible says that this certain woman was with a constant flow of blood. Now women understand this constant flow of blood. And the book of Luke, or Dr. Luke, as, as, as some have referred to him, Dr. Luke records that she was sick for 12 long years. Can you imagine having your menstrual cycle off constantly, every day, for 12 years? And here's the thing, is that she did all that she could, she spent all that she had trying to fix the problem 
that only God could fix. She tried doing all that she could to fix what was obviously, obviously a God-sized problem. Sometimes we look at our life and we don't look at it and say, is this a, God, is this a God-sized problem? Sometimes we look at our life and we want God to do great things in our life, but we don't ask ourselves, is this a God-sized dream? Sometimes we look at our, our home and we think, you know, I, I'm good as long as I can do this. But what about what God can do in your life? The Bible says in Jeremiah 32, 27, he says, I am the Lord, the God of all the people of the world. Is anything too hard for me? You know what? And this is the thing. This is my problem. I don't know about you, but this is my problem. Is I, I have this problem with putting God in a box. You know, and, and it comes sometimes from religiosity, and sometimes it comes from just not trusting God. Sometimes I want to I put God in this confines of my knowledge, my limited knowledge of who He is and what He can do, and say, God, you have to work within this parameter right here. And if you don't come through, then you're not God. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Have you ever said, you know what, if God, you don't come through, God, I, I ask God to save my daughter. I ask God to heal my wife. I ask God to come through with this. And He didn't come through, and that's how I know He's not God. But we put God within the parameters of that box and don't realize that God works outside of the confines of our own understanding. And so when the size of your problem is something that you can handle, when the size of your dream is something that you can make happen, then it's not God. God steps out of the way when those things happen. But God-sized issues, God-sized dreams require a God-sized answer. And sometimes we have, not sometimes, I know that for a fact that many of us have that in our life, constantly have that in our life. I don't know, maybe I'm talking to the wrong people. Maybe everybody in here is living by victory today. Am I talking to somebody that has a God-sized problem in their life today? Come on, let me see those hands out there this morning. See, she suffered for 12 years to find an answer. How long is it going to take? How long are you going to be addicted how long are you going to be bound by your addiction? How, how long are you going to keep going around the same mountain? How long are you going to continue to make the same problems and do the same mistakes over and over in your life? Man, I just can't understand why I keep making the same mistakes in my life. I keep fixing, I keep going into the same problem. I keep getting those the song, same kind of relationship, and I just can't seem to figure it out. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I'm the stupid one. You know, because we, 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 we put ourselves within that parameter, and sometimes we we wait to see what we can do before we go to God to see what He can do. Let me see what I can do. Let me try it my way. Oh, there's no other solution. I guess I'll try God now. Have you ever heard it said, try all that you can, and if all else fails, try God. But I say to you, maybe we need to make a t-shirt out of this. Before all else fails, trust God. Come on, somebody. Before your, before your marriage fails, put God in the center of it. Before your, your, your finances go down the tube, put God first in your life. I, I can't give to God today because I've got this person, that person, this person. Well, you're telling God what's first in your life, and God is obviously not first. But the moment you put God first in your life, He says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these other things shall be added unto you. 
So we got it all out of order. Somebody say the touch. The Bible says that she touched the fringe of his robe. She touched the fringe of his talit. Everybody say talit. This is a talit. A prayer shawl. Not by... We say, what is it? Do you know what this is? Yeah, that's a thing that those weird people wear. Those people that walk around and pray and blow shofars all in the church, those are weird people. This is a talit. This is a prayer shawl. When Jesus said, when you go into your secret place, he says, go to your secret place and ask the Father. He's saying, go into your talit and ask the Father. In my name. Talit. He says, He covers us under the shadow of His wing. That word, shadow of His wing, or phrase, is He covers us with His talit. You see, God has us covered under the shadow of His wing. And here she is, here's this woman that's flowing with an issue of blood. And she says, she doesn't say, if I can just get to him and ask him, please, if I can have an appointment and maybe he can consider possibly maybe finding it somewhere in his agenda to possibly try and heal me somewhere in the future. Right? See, the talit is, is, is significant, but not as significant as the fringe. The fringe is known as the tzitzit. I'll have an order of tzitzit, please. It's <coughs> the tzitzit. This is the fringe. This is what she touched when Jesus was walking. And, and, and you got to understand that the Jewish rabbis, they didn't wear, this is short. This is like a mini skirt to, to one of the Jews. You know, if you're a Jewish rabbi, I'm not wearing that. That's very revealing, Okay. Theirs came down to like, down to be, be past their knees. And here's Jesus walking through the crowd, healing people and touching people. And here's this woman with an issue of blood, and she's, she's trying to reach him as the crowds are pressing in. And every time she tries to get to him, every time she tries to stretch out and touch him, somebody gets in front of her and gets in the way. And I could just see this woman. I could just see as she's trying to get to Jesus, and she's making her way through and pushing her way through. Some people, may, maybe they knew that she had an issue of blood, because when you're a woman... In the, in, on your period in those days, you were considered in, um, impure until your period was done. And if you touched another person on your period, you were considered, you, they were considered unclean until evening. And so here is the unclean, here is the clean walking among the unclean, and here is this woman who is unclean reaching to touch the clean. And she reaches out and she takes a hold of the fringe of his, of, his, uh, of his garment, of his robe. And when she touched him, watch this. This, this, this tzitzit, or this, yeah, this tzitzit right here, it's, it, it's, there, there's so many knots on it. I don't want to get into too deep a teaching right now, but there's so many knots on it. And the knots are reference to the laws of God. The blue is the color for royalty. And for priesthood. Gold is, it, it, gold is woven into the fabric as well. And it's representative of royalty. 
And the significance of the tzitzit was that it was a symbol of the person of authority. When she reached out to touch when she reached out to touch Jesus as she pressed through the crowd to get to the place where she could grab a hold of the, of the fringe of his garment, she wasn't just looking to touch Jesus. She knew that if she got a hold of the fringe of his garment, she was coming in connection with the authority of the great physician. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be healed because I know that there is a great physician. I know that there is one that heals. I know that there is one that saves. I know that there is one that delivers. And I came to tell somebody today, you got to get to a place in your life where you are pressing in past your troubles, past the things that are keeping you from getting to God and reach and take a hold of the great God, of the great I am. Take a hold of the fringe of his garment. Take a hold of the authority of God. Because that's what it represents. She said, we, we don't stand on that. On the authority. The authority of God. And so we, we, we cast out sickness much like the sons of Siva in the in sickness in the name of Jesus. Go in Jesus' name. I do that on purpose because sometimes we, we go at it kind of delicately. Devil, I'm not telling you again. Devil, do you want a timeout? Right? Devil, I'm serious. And the devil's like, I'm serious too. I'm here to cause havoc in your life. I'm here to cause devastation and destruction in your life. I'm here to wreak havoc in your life. I'm here to cause confusion. I'm here to cause chaos. I'm here to plant seeds of doubt in your mind against the God that can, can deliver you, the God that can set you free, the God that can bring you out. And when she touched the fringe of his robe, she believed in her mind that she was experiencing the touch of the great physician in her life. And the Bible says that she thought to herself, if I can, I touch, if I can just touch him, then I will be healed. Maybe what we need to say in this place today as a sign of declaration is if I can just serve God, if I can just get to God, if I can just walk in the authority of God, I will be set free. I will walk holy. I will be delivered. I will see God provide. I'm getting more, I'm going to get more help on the street here in just a minute. Y'all are looking at me like, pastor's going real crazy over there. Look, I had I done had me two cups of very strong coffee, so I'll I'll get down and preach. I'll, I'll I'll say amen to myself. The Bible says that she thought to herself, if I can just touch the touch the fringe of his robe, then I will be made whole. Listen, your miracle, your breakthrough begins with a single thought. That's what she did. She thought to herself. Where is it that the enemy comes against you? Where is it the enemy plays against you? In your mind. Oh, the devil, he stopped my car. No, the devil doesn't. He don't care about your car. You know what he cares about? What you think about your car. He knows that if he can take a, he can disrupt your thinking. That's why the Bible tells us to renew our minds. Because we have a different perspective of God. We have a different perspective of putting our faith and our trust in God. We have a different perspective of how we think that God should work. And God is saying, change the way you think so that you can have faith in what I'm about to do in your life. Why do you think that the enemy fights 
all, fights to fill your mind with doubt? Why do you think that he fights to, to fill you with confusion? He works to overwhelm you with fear, with worry, with anxiety. And I wonder if there's anyone in here today that needs to fight that fight, fight past that thought, those thoughts in your life. That somebody in here today that says, Pastor, man, the enemy's been coming hard against my mind. That's why the Bible says to take every thought into captivity that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Because when those thoughts come, those are the thoughts that are exalting themselves above the authority and the Word of God. And God says, take those thoughts captive, those things that are keeping you from thinking, the thinking the thoughts that will set you free in your life, the thoughts that will put your faith and trust in God. Why do, you, why, why, why do so many people struggle to see the supernatural in their life? Huh? Why is it that, that we as Christians, we call ourselves Christians, but we don't flow and walk in the supernatural on a daily, daily basis? What's, you you, you want to know why? Because they don't have faith. They have hope. What's the difference, Pastor? What's the difference between faith and hope? Hope is future. But faith is now. See, oh, I know one day. Have you ever said that? I know one day God's going to come through for me. I know one day that God is going to heal me. I know one day. Hope is, and there's nothing wrong with hope because the Bible says that, that hope does not disappoint. It's okay to have hope. But not, not when you are expecting God to move now. Hope is what we have in Jesus. We have a hope that He will soon return, that He will come riding on a cloud, that it will blow the trumpet sound and the dead in Christ shall rise, and those who remain shall meet Him in the air. That is our blessed hope. That's what we hope for. But when we want God to work, we believe for the now. Faith is Hope is Ah, somebody said now. No, no, no. Hope is not now. Hope is future. Faith is We have to de- believe in the now. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, Now faith is the substance of things hopeful. Now faith. I like that. Now faith. Now faith. Not future faith. Not, you know, past faith. Not kind of faith. But faith now. And when God wants to move in your life, he, he does, he, he, does He move in the future or does He move in the now? Let me try it on this side over here. When God wants to move in your life, does He move in the future or in the now? When God wants to move in your life, does He move in the future or in the now? When God wants to move in your life, does He move in the or does He move in the now? He moves in the now. He moves now. We're going to pray for a healing in your life. And one of these days, God's going to... No, you know what? Don't, don't, don't even pray for me then. Uh, <coughs> praying for you, believing for you. All right, what do you feel? I still feel sick. <laughs> Sit down right there. Well, I believe that God's going to heal me one day. Sit right there until you have now faith. You got to have now. Come on, somebody. You got to have that kind of faith that says, God, 
uh, you said in your word, I'll come before the, the, the courts of heaven and I'm going to plead the case of my case before the courts of heaven. I'm opening up the constitution and the bylaws of the kingdom of God. And I'm saying, Lord, your word says, your word says, Lord, your word says that the righteous shall not be forsaken, nor your children begging for bread. Lord, your word says that you send your word and heal all our diseases. Lord, your word says. When you go stand before the court, would you want to have a lawyer that don't know anything about what he's doing? If the judge is there, okay, plead your case. Oh, uh, well, uh, man, your, uh, your honor, um, um, hold on a second, your honor, I know I have it here somewhere. You're fired. You want your pastor to come and pray? Pastor, come and pray. Well, in the name of Jesus, we hope someday that God's going to heal you. You'd be like, I'm getting a different pastor. You want now faith. You want God to work now. God can set you free, not next week, not next month, but God can provide for your need, not next month. Well, He can next month, but He can also provide for it. When God is going to heal you, not only will He heal you in the future, but He can heal you because it's now faith. And when God wants to move in your life, he doesn't move. He not only does he move in the future, he plans to keep you healed, but he wants you to heal you. He's a now God. He's a now God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. No, I love that verse. This, and here's what happens. I'll take this off because I'm already hot as it is. Woo! Praise the Lord. Um, so, so we, take, we, we, we cast out every argument, taking every stronghold, every stronghold of the enemy. New King James says every stronghold of the enemy. You know what a stronghold is? It's a fortress. And it's meant to keep the enemy out. But sometimes it's also meant to keep whatever's in it in. And what we do sometimes is we take thoughts in our mind and we build up a stronghold in our life. Strongholds of unforgiveness. Strongholds of bitterness. Strongholds of addiction. A stronghold of, me of, of, of mental psychosis where God can set you free today and now. You, you, I want to see God. My, my, my vision for our church, for Equip Church, is to see the supernatural moving on a daily basis. When people drive on the parking lot, I want people healed the moment they get out of their car in the name of Jesus. And so, a stronghold is meant to keep you safe, but it also can keep you trapped. And we're instinctively, what we do is we instinctively are, are thinking with a protection mentality. Where, you know, I, I just gotta, I gotta hang on to this. I mean, we, how many want to be healed? I want to be healed, Pastor. I want to be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. But what, are, what if I get healed? Then I gotta go back to work. Then I lose my disability. You know what? Then stay bound. But, 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 but I'm gonna lose my Social Security. I'm gonna have to go back to work. Yes! I would rather work then sit at home in disability. <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord for those of you that are in disability. Amen. Amen for that. I know that some of you, 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 you would love to do that, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not knocking disability. I'm just saying, 
There are people out there that would rather it be on disability than receive their healing. Oh, pastor, pray for my leg. 85 years I've been walking like this. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Oh, but what if I, I can't let, give me my cane. No. Be healed. Every, did you notice that every time that Jesus heals somebody, he took them up from their place of, their place of bondage? He said, pick up your bed and open your eyes and he was getting them to activate their faith that in the moment. Why do you think when we pray for the sick, we tell you do something that you couldn't do before? You know, bend over, touch your toes, twist your back. Is there any pain? No, there's no pain. It's all gone. Praise the Lord. You just declared yourself to be healed in Jesus' name. That's what it is. So what you think you're doing to, to protect you may also be what's keeping you bound. And the Bible says that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Every doubt that says that God cannot do it, we demolish it. Every anxiety that works against your faith, we demolish it. Everything that sets itself up against God, we demolish it. We crush it. We put it underneath our feet and we say, God, if I can, touch the hem of his garment. I will be whole. I will be set free. I will be delivered in the name of Jesus. You got to take... And here's the thing. This, I, I'm preaching to myself. I, I'm, I'm up here kicking my own can. Take every thought captive. Now watch what he says. To make it obedient to Christ. That thought of doubt is not obedient to Christ. That thought of anxiety, that's not obedience to Christ. That thought of worry, that thought of fear, that's not obedient to Christ. You take those thoughts captive. That thought of unforgiveness, they knew what they did to me and how they said and what they, and you know what, I'm going to have to, no you're not. Take that thought captive because that thought is not obedient to the knowledge of Christ. If the woman had listened to her instinct, she would have stayed sick. She would have said, oh, I can't touch him. I'm unclean. I, oh, I can't touch him. I've been like this for too long. Oh, God would never heal me, child. It's been a long time. The doctor's done, wrote me off. All I'm waiting for now is I'm just waiting for my coffin to be getting made. You know what? Praise the Lord for you. If that woman had listened to her instinct, and that's what we do. We listen to our instinct, to our flesh, to our thoughts. That's the last $5 I got. I can't give that. And God's telling you to give it. Because he wants to bless you. I, I, I can't get up from my sick bed. I, if I get up from my sick bed, uh, if you get up from your sick bed, what? Well, I'm going to be healed? Uh, yeah. That's the point. You can't listen to your fear. Fear will tell you that you're not good enough. Fear will tell you that you can't do it. Fear will tell you that your God is not big enough. Fear will tell you your problem is too big for God. Fear will tell you that, you, that you're always going to be in the condition that you're in, that nothing will ever fix you. But God says, I am the God that heals you. I'm the God that sets you free. I'm the God that provides for you. I am the God that lifts you up. I am the glory and the lifter of your head. 
And if Christ, you, you can't listen to fear. Fear is a liar. She broke the, that, that woman broke the chain of sickness in her life when she uttered the words, if I can touch, I will be. You got to start saying in your life and start believing what you say. If I can give, if I can walk, if I can get to church, if I can, I will. If I can, I will. If I can, I Somebody say the answer. Somebody say the answer. No, say the word, say the answer. <laughs> Why well, praise the Lord? Amen. But now it's right. Amen. <laughs> Everybody say the answer. We have the problem. We have the touch. We have the answer. Luke records that Jesus felt power and virtue leave his body. And when I was thinking about this, I had started studying this several weeks ago. And then on the way to our little getaway I was thinking about this on the drive. And that is, was it virtue that he left his body? Because that's what he says. I felt power. I felt authority leave me. What he felt was her faith connecting with his authority. Because... What God is looking for, my wife has told me this so many times, and, and I'm, I'm being vulnerable with you. God is not moved by your need. He's moved by your faith. <coughs> the greater the faith, the greater the move. Remember the disciples? Because, I don't know, Pastor, that doesn't sound right. Remember the disciples in the boat? They were in the boat, and they thought they were going to sink, and Jesus gets up and goes... He's rubbing the lagañas from his eyes or the eye boogers. And he goes, shh. Good night, guys. <laughs> he says, he silenced the wind and the waves, and then he said, oh, you of. See, well, we got to get to a place where your faith connects with the authority of God. How do you know the authority of God? Because you're in his word. Sometimes we claim promises that aren't even for us. You throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one you hit. Amen. You got to get to that place where you say, God, I'm standing on your word. I'm believing. You didn't bring me this far to leave me. You didn't bring, lift me up so that you can let me down. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't come and save me and deliver me only for me to return back to what I was. You didn't heal me so that I could stay sick. I'm standing on your authority. I'm standing on your word. The Bible says that Jesus turned around and looked for who touched him. You know what I read that verse? Here's what the Lord told me. I'm looking for people to touch me. I'm looking for people to have faith they're going to connect with my authority. 
God is looking for people today, people, folks, let me tell you, Equip Church, God is looking for people that will say, I'm ready to stand on the authority of God. I'm done with being sick. I'm done with being broke. Amen. Man, the, I was so broke, all I had to give was the lint in my pocket. That's how broke I am. God says, I'll honor your giving. You want to know how I know? Because I did that. I gave all that I had. And God has me pastoring the place that I gave to. Wait. Some of you are missing your opportunity because you could be sowing into your destiny. But because you continue to pocket your seed, you're missing out on your chance for God to thrust you forward. Oh, you missed it. You, you are missing an opportunity in your life. God, God comes to you in time seasons and he moves through opportunities in your life. And in every time and season, God will open the door of opportunity in your life. And sometimes we're so blind by our doubt, by our fear, by our anxiety that we lose out on the opportunity in our life. Some, every time the offering comes across you, across the in front of you, sometimes what we do is we fake it. We act like we're giving, you know, I'm giving 500. In, your, in my mind, I'm giving 500. I'm giving, I'm giving 500 by faith, if you know it's just five. We want a $500 blessing on a $5 offering. We want a $5,000 blessing on a $5 offering. Jesus said, you need to start, I'm looking for you to step out in faith. I'm looking for you to give by faith. I'm looking for you to walk by faith. See, in order for you to walk by faith, you have to take risks. You have, to, you have to be willing to do something that everybody else thinks is crazy. Everybody's looking at you going, you're stupid for doing that. My enrollment counselor at Denver Law School told me I was dumb because I turned down a scholarship to go to Bible college. He told me that I wasn't going to amount to anything. You know what's funny is that's the same scholarship my daddy got. And God said... Oh, no, not two of you. I'm calling the, I called him into ministry, and the legacy continues in you. And I turned it down. The, the, the enrollment counselor was like, you're dumb. You understand how much trouble I went to to get this pushed through for you? Everything is ready for you. All you got to do is just come. Be a, you know, you, you'll have to provide your own spending money, but that's it. All you have to do is just come. I thought to myself, I, I cried as I hung up the phone. I'm like, do you know how much lawyers make? Jesus turned around and he looked to see who touched him. And what I think to myself was when he looked around, he wasn't looking to see. Because here he is in a crowd of people. He's walking through. I'm not a crowd person. That's a funny thing for a pastor to say. Because when I get in large crowds, I'm like this. My wife will tell you, we went to a conference one time, and she was all walking. My wife's like this, though. She's walking in and out of people. She's like, like Sonic the Hedgehog. She's all over the place, and here I am. I'm like, my hands are sweaty. I'm sweating. My heart's going like this. My knees are like this. I said, I can't do this. I got against the wall, and I said, let everybody go through. I'll wait till the hallway is empty, and then I'll go through. She comes back, what's wrong? I don't know, I just started to panic. 
But that's the way it was with Jesus. Here's Jesus. He's walking around. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Who touched me? I think that when he turned around, he wasn't just looking for who touched him. He was looking to see who had enough faith to touch him. I believe that Jesus is looking for somebody that has enough faith to touch him. Notice that, that Jesus doesn't say, my power has made you whole. Right? He says, daughter, my, pay, my, my power has made you whole. Now just sow a $5,000 offering into my ministry. He didn't say that. He looks at her and he says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. And watch what happens. The Bible says she was healed at that moment. How do you touch God? How do you touch the authority of God? If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Number one, stand on the promise of God, promises of God. Because Jesus, listen, Jesus is Jehovah Jireh. God is Jehovah Jireh our provider. He's Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He's Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He's Jehovah uh, Nisi, our banner. Stand on that. Stand on the promises that he has made. I will never see my children's, uh, the righteous forsaken or my children begging for bread. I send my word and heal all your diseases. You know, by his stripes I am healed. And you begin to stand on those promises of God. Second thing is this. Trust that God will do what he said he will do. See, we, we, we keep asking God to fulfill promises that we have made, but not the promises that he has made. The answer is in the promises that he has made. Ask him to stand on his promises. God is a God that never fails. Because if he, if he fails, then he ceases to be God. But because God is perfect, because God is perfect, whatever he does, every intention that he does is exactly what he wants to do. And if he, if he says, makes a promise, watch this. Because he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever, when he makes a promise, the moment he utters that promise, it's already fulfilled. All you have to do is stand on that promise. Am, am I talking to somebody? Yeah. See, God, I, I came today to release faith in this place. Because a lot of you have been walking outside of your faith box. A lot of you have been uh, uh, walking outside of your, 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 your level, the, the level that God wants you to walk in faith. Number three, let what you say be in line with what you believe. If you don't believe it, don't say it. I remember one time this amazing wise woman down here that I've been married to for 30 years. One time I was trying to say, you know, God's going to come through. I know he's going to come through. I know God's going to come through. She says, you sound like you're trying to convince yourself. And she was right. I was. You have to read the word of God and believe it. You had enough faith to believe and put your faith in Jesus Christ to be your Savior. You need to have enough faith in God to be your deliverer, to be your provider, to be your sustainer. 
And when you, say, when you see His promises in His Word, and you see those promises, you say, God, I stand on Your promises. I, I'm trusting in Your promises. My God shall not fail. My God shall provide for all my needs according to His riches and glory. My God has already released His, His Word and healed my disease. My God has already touched my life and changed me. My God has already provided in ways that I cannot see. And once you begin to believe what you are, believe it, then you start to say it. And let what you say be in line with what you believe. Ask in faith. And not in hope. Lord, if it be your goodwill, one of these days, Lord God, I sure would love for you to provide in the name of Jesus, one of these dear days, Lord God, sometime maybe before I retire, uh, a, a good job or a, a Lord benefits or maybe a, a, a promotion at my job. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I've been faithful in my tithe. I've been faithful to your house. I've been standing on your promises. I've been standing on your word. So in the name of Jesus, I declare. I want my job now. You can't demand that of God. Dr. Tony Evans tells a story. I'm going to finish with this. But Dr. Tony Evans tells a story. Uh, he says him and a bunch of pastors were preaching in South America. And they went out and they were warning them that this big, huge uh, storm was coming and it was, a, it was the, the remnants of a hurricane. It was going to be really, really destructive. The wind was going to be high and they, they were not going to be able to have the, 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 this huge conference. It was in a big soccer stadium and so he was like, he goes, I don't know what we're going to do and they, they were waiting up to the very moment and, and, and he says, all of a sudden, he goes like, we did what all good pastors should do. We said, well, we're going to pray. So they got together and prayed. He says, and all, here's all these pastors praying these nice apologetic prayers. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you. And so they're, they're all praying. He says, and here comes this little lady. She's not even a minister. She was in there helping run the green room. She steps up and she says, can I offer a prayer too? And he says, yes. And she said, and this was, a, this was in Colombia. So it, I can imagine. I, I think it was even that much more powerful. In the name of Jesus Christ, Señor, mandamos en el nombre esta tormenta. She's, she's claiming the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I demand that storm to be gone in Jesus' name. Take it out of here. He said, she ruffled the feathers of all of those preachers. So we walked out on stage and the worship service began and everybody began singing. We could see the storm clouds coming. And he says, and one of the men walks over and hands her an umbrella and she pushes it away. She says, no. And she stood there and she just continued to worship the Lord. He says, and ki I kid you not. He says, as the worship was going, the storm separated and went all around where we were at and never even touched us. You've got to have enough faith to stand on that and say, God, I believe in your promises. I believe in your word. I am healed. I'm walking in my healing. I'm throwing down my cane. I'm throwing down my drugs. I'm throwing down my medicine. And I'm trusting you in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Why? Because it's not hope. It's faith. And faith is... Faith is... Faith is believe in your God that He's going to do it. Believe that God can heal you. That God can provide for you. He can do it. 
You just have to trust Him. But what if? No. No what ifs. Just believe. I want to be, I want to be one of those people that walk, that my name is in the hall of faith. Those ones, you know those ones that gave in faith, that died in faith, that lived in faith, they were sawn in half in faith. And I believe that that's many of us today. God is calling us to be a people of faith. For we walk by faith and not by faith comes by and hearing by the got to declare the word of God. Listen to it. Believe it. Let it stir your heart and say, thank you. Begin to thank him. Thank him for him. Lord, thank you right now. I, I'm going to tell you something. Come on, somebody. I said, I said, Lord, we were, at the, we were at this pastor's conference and we were getting ready to close and they have this part of the service at the end of the, at the last night where you can go up on the mountain, you can pray your, pray your dream. You can write your dream down and plant your dream on the, on the mountain and the people at the prayer ministry will go and they'll pray over your dream that's on that mountain. And I said, every year I, 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 every year I, I, I put a dream up there and this year I said, God, I'm believing for $1.5 million. That's, not, that's, that's nothing for God. I'm, I'm kidding you. That, that's like gumball money for God. You know, oh, 1.5, I got that. Here you go. And I said, Lord, that's just a kickstart of what God wants to do in our church. Because I'm telling you, in the next 10 years, next year, we want to plant a church in Mesa. And then the year after that, we want to plant one in Glendale. And then another one in Avondale. And another one in Flagstaff. And one in Tucson. We want Equip Church to saturate all, all of Arizona. And then eventually we want to go down to like New Mexico. Can you imagine Equip Church Albuquerque? Hallelujah. Equip Church El Paso. Nobody said amen for that one. <laughs> Equip Church El Paso. Oh, never mind. And let me tell you right now, let me just plant that seed of faith in your heart. Watch this. If those of you that will step up in faith and say, Pastor, I believe that God has called me to this church, because you got to come to the, you got to feel called to this church to come. I believe that God has called me to this church, and God has called me to another level. I'm going to tell you right now that there are some of you that God is going to call you to be campus pastors. And thank you for the handful. Praise the Lord. God is going to call some of you to be evangelists and missionaries. God is going to call some of you to be church planters in your own ministry. But it begins by faith. Next week, God is going to continue this message of faith. I believe throughout this entire month, we're going to stir, God's going to stir your faith. Because at the end of the month, we're going to take a big step of faith as a church. And we're going to step out in faith and we're going to see what God can do. Because I believe that by this time next year, that upstairs is going to be done. And I believe that not only is it going to be done, but I believe that we're going to be debt free from it being done. Come on, somebody. 
I, I, I'm telling you, you, you got to get on this. You got to be on this, man. Man, pastor's starting to scare me. Amen. I love it. Ooh, I'm getting chills, just getting scared. It's like saying Mufasa. God wants you to step out in faith. God wants you to say, man, God, I, I want to do something so powerful in my life. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to ask you to, to do something in faith today. God is challenging you. Some of you, how many of you need a breakthrough right now? You need a breakthrough, I want you to stand all over this place quickly. How many of you need a financial miracle? Raise your hand, stand at your feet as quickly as possible as you can. How many of you need a healing? You need a healing in your body. Stand to your feet. You're not already standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what the Holy Spirit told me. He says, when you call them to step out by faith, he says, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna bring breakthrough to some of them so quickly. Before they even reach the altar, they're gonna they're gonna feel my presence setting them free. I want to ask you one more thing, and this, this is... Oh, the Holy Spirit told me not to do that. I, I want you to do this right now. If you need a financial miracle in your life, I want you to take your wallet out. I'm not going to ask you to give anything right now, but just take it out. Okay? When I count to three, I want everybody that's standing, I want you to come. We're going to pray. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray over you. If you need a financial miracle in your life, some of you need a financial breakthrough. I want you to come. If you need a financial miracle, I want you to come and kneel. And I want you to lay your, 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 your wallet or your purse in front of you. And I want you to pray. Say, God, this is not my money. It's yours. I give it to you. If you need a healing in your body, I want you by faith right now to step out from where you are in Jesus' name. Come on, quickly, quickly come. Quickly come. Quickly come. If you need a breakthrough in your life, I want you to come. If you're standing in this place, I want you to come. Lay your wallet. If you need that miracle, you need that miracle, financial miracle. I, I really feel so strong. The enemy has really been attacking homes name of Jesus. Father God, right now, I want you to lay your hands. If you have your wallet in front of you, I want to pray over that right now. And then we're going to pray over the sick in the name of Jesus. Lay your hands on your wallet. Lay your hands on your purse. In Jesus' name, I want you to declare with me right now. Say it with me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the devourer. Father God, I have been faithful in giving to your church and giving to your ministry. I have declared your word. And so now, I loose the windows of heaven and I receive your blessing over my family in my bank account so that I can be generous the way you want me to be. So I can continue to do what you want me to do. I rebuke the devil. I rebuke him now. And I gladly receive in faith 
your blessing over my life in Jesus' name. You need healing in your body. I want you to put your take your hand out like this. Take your hand out. I want you to put it on your forehead right now. Watch. I want to show you. I'm not trying to be mystical. I'm not trying to be magical. I just want to show you how powerful God is. You need healing in your body with your hand on your head right now. I want you to declare with me. Head in the name of Jesus. I declare healing in my body. I rebuke all sickness, all disease. It is from the devil himself. And I renounce it. I reject it. And I command it to go where it came from. Right now, in Jesus' name, I receive your healing on my body, in my mind, in your name. I walk by faith and not by sight. I will reject every bad word, every negative thought, and I will only stand on what your word says, that I am the healed, that I am healed by your stripes. In your mighty name, I receive my healing right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus. I sense the Holy Spirit moving. Somebody's being healed of diabetes right now. Somebody's got a blood disorder in your body. Uh, I'm not sure if it's hepatitis, but God is healing you right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Cancer is gone. Yes. It's gone. Yes, it's gone. In Jesus' name. Jesus Cancer name. is gone. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Your body is made whole in Jesus' name. How many right now are you're, you're going through addiction in your life? I want you to see your head. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Okay, everybody's got those addictions. They happen because the enemy wants to conquer you. Right now, we're going to declare healing and deliverance. Can you, are you ready to be delivered? Yes? If, you're, if you've got hope, faith, then don't, don't say yes. If you're ready to be delivered now, put your hand on the top of your head like this. Amen? There's no magical formula. It's just what I'm doing. God's telling me to do. In the name of Jesus, I declare I am free. Devil, you have, I revoke your membership in my mind, in my heart, and in my body. You will no longer control me. I belong to God. I am His, and He is mine. I walk today as a son or daughter of God. I, I claim the promises of God. I break addiction. I break the, I, I'm, I'm going to say I break the addiction. And I want you to, to, to shout it out. Okay, I break the addiction of... Come on, I want you to say it. I break the addiction of, and I want you to say your addiction. Come on. I break the addiction of, in Jesus' name. It will no longer control me. It will no longer have a root in my heart. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to stand and give God shouts of praise. Come on. Come on. 